Well, hello, and welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Well, I hope you guys are having a blessed day, because I know I am, because today is a day that the Lord hath made, and we shall rejoice and praise and be glad in it. And God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. You know, with everything that's going in mind, I'm sure that, you know, there's a distorted view that we're getting, you know, of fear, like fear, for instance. You know, and how that distorts our perception and distorts our 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 walk with God. <clears throat> and so we have to kind of overcome that distortion. And we also have to overcome that that perception of or that perspective. To know that the fear that we face each and every day doesn't um make us um, strong in Christ, it makes us bold, and it doesn't define who we are, and it doesn't put a perspective in our own life. And that's why today we're going to be looking at Mark, all of Mark chapter 4. And I absolutely love all of, Mac, all of Mark chapter 4, because there's multiple parables that we're going to read through today, throughout Mark. For instance, you have the parable of the sower. Um, <clears throat> the lamp on a stand, and the parable of a growing seed, parable of a mustard seed, Jesus, and then for the last one, and another one I absolutely love that ends as Jesus calms a storm. That is the best parable because no matter during that time how the winds were rocking all back and forth, the people were upset, Jesus just stood up in the boat and says, Peace, be still. How can you not be excited because of it? And with this in mind, we're going to start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in reverence of you, O Lord. May you guide us and protect us as we go out into your day. Help us to be continent upon you, Lord. Help us not to be fearful of you because you love us and you care for us. May you guide us and protect us as we are just loving you and just allow us not to have fear hinder our walk with you because you are a merciful father and in jesus name we pray amen and amen so with this in mind verse one of mark chapter four states this and again jesus began to teach by the lake the crowd that gathered around him was no large was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it on the lake, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his and in his teaching said, verse three. Listen, a farmer went into went out to sow his field or sow his seed. Seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on a rocky place, some fell on rocky places, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, <clears throat> the plants were scorched, and they were withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so they did not bear any grain. 
Still other seed fell on good soil, and it came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, uh, some 60, some 100 times. Now, I want to um, quickly stop and kind of elaborate on it. For instance, in our life, when we look in our life, for instance, this parable just means so much in our, our life. When we, ex- when we first accept Jesus Christ, who do we among listen to? Like, who do we gather ourselves with? Do we gather ourselves with old friend groups or do we gather ourselves with uh, strong believing Christians? That are going to help us along the way. That's going to encourage us when we're down. That's going to just give us a sense of peace over our hearts. I mean, realistically, let's think about it. Because before, when I was, uh, when I first started off as being a Christian and when I first accepted Jesus Christ, I was fearful, you know, because I didn't know what to do. So what happened was I surrounded myself with not so good people. Well, some people that are like, um, say one thing and then different, but they're different on the other hand when people are not looking. And that was like that, um, like that felling on the thorns, for instance, because anyway, that seed grew, it wasn't producing enough. It actually didn't produce a single thing. That's the problem. Now, in order to be produ- in order to be productive and in order to be, um, a light into this world, we have to plant ourselves on good, healthy soil right by a shore, like by right by a lake, where we have all the main nourishments. And it, and it's interesting because in verse nine, he Jesus continues to state, when Jesus said, "Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear." When he was alone. And the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seen, but never perceiving, and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Verse 13. Then Jesus said to him, or Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parables? The farmers sow the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the world is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown to them or sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes, because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, Hear the word, but the worries of the of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things, come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. 
Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some thirty, some sixty, some a hundred times was what was sown. Amen and amen. And I think that was the best answer that Jesus could give us. And that was a better, better understanding for my heart. And verse 21, Jesus states another parable. And he said to them, Do you bring in a lamp to put it, to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed. And whatever is concealed is meant to be uh, brought out into the open. If anyone hears, or if anyone, um, if anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more. Whoever has, whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even that, or even what they have will be taken from them. Wow, okay, I'm going to reread that 21, or that verse 25, because that was, was a little bit harder understanding. For instance, Jesus is trying, he's stating this in 25. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. Wow, I had to reread that like a couple of times because I mean I still got it wrong and it's that is I mean it's pretty much understanding saying that um, anyone can hear it, anyone at any time. And so, the parable of the growing seed is another famous parable. He in verse twenty six, he also said. This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows. Though he does not know how. All by itself the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come one day we will all be harvested but it's whether it is good good production of fruit or bad and then this is i absolutely love the the parable of the mustard seed i'm sure you guys have heard this multiple times in your sunday school and in other aspects of life verse 30 again he said what shall he say the kingdom of God is like. Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet, when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants. With such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. Verse 33, with many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. 
But when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. So pretty much, I think what the parable of the mustard seed is, you still can get into heaven no matter if the fact that you accepted Jesus Christ is when your seed is grown. And if you ever look at the mustard seed, it is truly very, very small. And I absolutely love that because, you know, I mean, for people that are like towards the end of their life and they accept Jesus Christ, just the matter of fact that they believe gets them into heaven. That's reassuring. Now, it is up to us when we grow, when we become older, and when we accept Jesus Christ in our early age, then we have a due diligence to grow and be fruitful unto Jesus, unto his, uh, the plan that he has given us. And the last parable, which is one of my favorites, which is Jesus calms the storm. Verse 35. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There was also other boats with him. A furious squall, which is known as a storm, came up and the waves broke over the boat so that <clears throat> it was nearly swamped. And Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up and rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Amen. And amen. So with all the parables that we read and with everything that we had a better understanding, we have to look at how this is played into a distorted perspective. And again, today's devotion is brought to you by Fear and Anxiety, author Brittany Rust. So not only is fear a, a hindrance in your life, but it also places a filter of distorted perspective over your mind. Fear and anxiety produce worry, a false sense of security, and a desire for one thing in this world. Remember that our remember that out of fear you develop a desire for something that is unable to fulfill you. The need to the need for recognition to please people for financial stability, dependence on another. These things become something you crave and we strive for. Perhaps you feel the need and that you cannot live without pleasing others or you cannot um, live without if you don't get enough money or the financial stability. <clears throat> In that place, your perspective becomes distorted and it becomes worldly. And your number one isn't the number one in your life isn't God anymore, but instead something empty in this world that you can never bring into heaven or you can never bring into the depths depths of hell. Because it's interesting, because yesterday we focused on 
um, the taking the stock of fears and driving your life and struggles they produce. So, for instance, we took down the notes, and I'm sure, I don't know if you guys took notes or not, but we took notes of the fears that control your life, the stocks per se, stating that, okay, is this does this control me or does this not? That is what we have to look at. And today, we look at how those fears and struggles affect your view of life. How does the fears that you wrote down yesterday affect your life? How does it put a different perspective, perception on life? And do they get in the way of what's best and most healthy for you? That's the question for you to, for you to answer by yourself. Because today, Mark mentions that worry, false security, and a desire for the things of this world would choke out the world and leave your life unfruitful. And that's like a thorn in the thistle. That's like thorn. Growing, growing crops in a, a thorn bush. Is that the kind of life you want to live? Of course not. So that's why we need to bring it through faith. And that's why we need to call upon God when we're having those struggle moments. When we start feeling fears of anxiety. Or when we start feeling just upset. Or when we're feeling a little bit anxious on things. And with this in mind, let's end it with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. May you guide us and protect us, Lord, as we go out into your day, Lord. May you guide us and help us to love you, Lord. Help us to be understanding of you, Lord, because you are a merciful Father. May you guide us and protect us and help us to put not, help us not to be so fearful of you, Lord, because you are a merciful Father. Help us to bring our anxieties to you because you can calm them like the storms because you can do all things. Lord, may you guide us as we continue the path that you have set before us so that when we cross the finish line, Lord, we can run into your arms and we can hear you say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Well, I hope you guys have a blessed day and remember God loves you and I'll meet you at the finish line. Bye.